Okay, so this morning is a, a little bit of a, an audible. We're almost in football season, so we can use that one. Um, is, Peter is not feeling well, and so he just asked me to, to step in, though I could not fill those shoes if I even tried. Um, but we're, we're going we're gonna to just pray a little bit here, pray for him, pray for the class, ourselves, um, and then, you know, we can try to take some questions, um, trying to, to look at his notes and wrapping up kind of the whole um, I am series overall uh, from the statements of Jesus. And, and then we'll probably just end early and spend a little time in fellowship hanging out too. So let's pray. Father God, in season and out of season, you are good. God, you are faithful and true. God, you are wise and kind. You extend loving kindness to the thousandth generation. God, thank you for including us in those generations. God, thank you for your specific love set upon us. A love that... Um, paid the penalty for our sins, a love that is serious about being blameless and walking before you as holy. God, a love that sent your son to live blamelessly for us, to die perfectly in our place and to be raised gloriously. God, we, we pray for Pastor Peter. God, we pray that um, whatever is ailing him, God, that you would heal it. God, that you would um, just move upon him. Lord, we know that into every one of our lives, you have promised that tribulation would come. And we're in this world and we will have troubles and tribulation. But God, you also promised that you would be with us even until the ends of the earth. And that includes when we don't feel good and we have to go home. God, we, so we pray that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would be with Peter. I pray for his protection as he drives home. Uh, just his wisdom in, in you know, getting into bed or resting while he's there. God, and uh, we pray for Miss Jean as well. God, that you would um, give her peace that you are watching over him, God, that you are with him, and God, that your perfect plan is being worked out. So we pray for um, just a, a joyful report of him coming back uh, to us and completing this series. Lord, we thank you so much for his dedication, God, his time in your word with you um, by the power of the Holy Spirit opening his eyes so that he could open his mouth to us. What a blessing he is. God, we, uh, we know, God, that, uh, that one day he will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So, God, we, uh, we rejoice in that now and look forward to rejoicing even more in that when we're with you in heaven. God, we pray for um, just a time together this morning of looking through your word, of kind of recapsulating these statements 
uh, that you, you have said to us. God, may we capture some more meaning, some more gleanings from your word. God, because it is eternal, just like you. And we look forward to it being living and active in our lives as we seek to walk together for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so, I'm not even going to touch pericoretin. See, I can't even say it. Choresis. So much better pronunciation can probably say it to me. Because it, it is such a, um, a broad doctrine that really does tax our minds. It's, it's one of those doctrines kind of like eternality that if you start thinking about it's it's one thing to think of going on from this point forward right in everlasting life but start thinking this point backwards and you get to this point of oh I can't do that you know because we are limited we had a beginning and so this is this is another one of those doctrines of the shared um aspects of Christ's deity and his humanity as well as all of the trinity being in each other perfectly completely that it, it has a stopping place in us because we cannot comprehend that, which is one of the great things about the Bible and the doctrines of the Bible. So, as we go back through and just thinking about the I am statements, someone have a, a favorite I am statement? Which one's your favorite? Okay, I heard light of the world first, so we'll go, we'll go there first. All right, why is light of the world, Masu? Why is light of the world your favorite? Mm, excellent. She prefers to be in the light in, instead of the darkness. Um, in, uh, in Donnie's Bible study, we're approaching um, Numbers chapter 8, which describes the lampstand once again, and just uh, the purity of that lampstand. Now, it represents uh, the holy God standing there in purity and perfection. And it's, it's meant, and it's, it says it in, that, in Numbers chapter 8, that it is intended to be faced the right way so that it gives its light in the correct place. Which is, if you remember your, your tabernacle set up in the holy, holy place, is directly across from the table of showbread. So it's giving its light Onto the, the table of showbread, which is whom? He is the bread of life, correct. But there are 12 loaves of bread on that table. Right. To God's people, the 12 tribes at that time. So God's light shines on God's people. And we know that Christ, in the, in the uh, shadow <clears throat> that the Old Testament is, and his um, performance of those shadows, examples, and perfection... Um, is that light that shines upon us, and now we, once again, reflect that light out in our own lives. Um, all right, someone else was way the truth and life? What's the second one? I heard? All right, who said it? Oh, I've got a couple favorites. Cody, why, why the way, the truth, and the life? Is there one of the three that you're... you're Favorite, favorite? Yeah, the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, I'm, I'm particular to that one as well. Uh, and the one that stands out in that one is life. 
for me that, that, you know, Jesus is the life. I love the truth. I love that he is the way, the path that we must follow. Um, but for me, that, that element of life, because I understand a lot, a lot clearer these days um, that everything I do is, is surrounded by death. And, and every aspect of my life is, um, tell you a quick story, uh, a couple weeks ago, almost a month now, I sent out a, a, uh, a prayer encouragement about praying in the spirit, made up words and all that kind of crazy stuff uh, that my brain goes through. But anyway, I feel like it was from the Lord. Before that, as I was sensing the Lord and preparing to send that out, I, uh, I was just Googling around about praying in the spirit. And I came across a John Piper article uh, about praying without ceasing. I'm sorry, it's praying without ceasing was the, the uh, encouragement. And he, in this article, he starts to talk about um, sin. Like, okay, John, where are you going with this? And so he starts talking about how little we make of sin. And what, you know, what a, a small thing it is to most of our eyes. And he just asked the question in the article, would you like to know my definition of sin? And of course, everyone responds, yes, to John, right? I mean, you read the article. Um, of course, John, we want to know your definition. Um, and he says this. He says, sin is every word, thought, deed, or facial expression that does not treasure Christ. Every word, thought, or deed, or facial expression that does not treasure Christ. Anybody else feel like they're in a boatload of sin? (laughs) At that moment, you hear that, and you're like, whoa. Truly, death and treachery and unfaithfulness are mine, right? Isaiah 6, standing before um, the presence of God, realizes I am a man of unclean lips and I live amongst the people because he understood it, the, of that impurity. And, and so I am for two days, it was, happened on a Friday, Friday and sa- uh, Saturday, just ruined. I mean, I'm like, got it. I can't stop sinning. I'm fully aware of every time I'm making a facial expression, every time a thought, deed, any of this stuff is not treasure. Do I ever treasure you? And I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed by this, right? Until... Sunday, we had an event at our house, and Frank Laurie had come over, and Frank Laurie's in the middle of having two conversations, one with me and one with someone else, the moment which he famously does, right? And he simply says, in the midst of, he's turning to t- tell the other person something else, and he says, yeah, that's why there's grace. And he just moves on, and he's talking to somebody else, and instantly, I mean, instantly, God just says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Right? So, yeah, you're right. Your treasuring of Christ is itty-bitty, itty-itty, itty-bitty-bitty. And grace still abounds over that. Right? So here is, here's the message that we have in we understand the death that surrounds us and Jesus is the life in us, washing us. And, and that's why we want the light to shine out of us. And it's part of it being uh, radiating. All right, someone else. We can just go through all of them if we want. Yeah. Good shepherd. Oh, there we go, Cliff. Why the good shepherd? 
Yeah, loving kindness, uh, faithfulness in that. That's good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh no. That is excellent. Uh we we have just a, a innate nature of finding the wrong way to go. We're we're really, really good at that, right? We can we can find a Nick uh who I it was the week that I was presenting on the Good Shepherd, and Nick sends me this, um, whatever you call the videos that are short clips, I've, gifts, memes. I don't know what the memes have to have words, right? Well, I think they have words, whatever they are, um, about a a guy who's getting a sheep out of a ditch, and so he gets it out of the ditch, and instantly, in like three or four bounds, the sheep is back in to the ditch just a little while longer, and so he he sends that to me, and it's like. This is a story of my life, right? I'm I'm good at finding the ditch. I can I can find the ditch. Nobody's business, right there. So, the good shepherd uh, and Jesus's care for us, um, even when it has to be the rod, has to be the 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 nudge, the uh, nudging that uh, that brings, um, is such a sweet sweet thing. In understanding our place, even really walking in humility, you know, and being just honest before God and saying, God, I am, I, I lack wisdom. I lack the true knowledge of what is good and evil in my life. I need you to define that for me. I need you to be, um, that guidance in my heart and life. Someone else. Yes. Mr. Bourgeois. I am the vine. So we're currently in the vine. So some, What's your favorite thing about the vine? Mm. You heard that? Apart from him, we can do nothing. What a, what a great foundation, right? A promise for us that, um, especially us that like to go and, and think that we can do stuff and feel like we can jump out there and help people or... Um, you know, do things our own ways, but apart from him, can't do anything, which also means not only is it me, you know, wanting to to stretch the rubber band a little bit, but I also, I need to be hearing, right? I need to be listening to him as he leads me on which way this vine is supposed to grow and how it's supposed to, what it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to, um, care and, and how it's supposed to relate to the, to the other vines around me. Right? Especially with my, my children and my wife. You know, how am, I, how am I supposed to care for them? I need to be connected back to that vine. Um, so, I really appreciate the vine. And that, that whole picture that God gives us. Um, all right. Which ones do we have left? Bread of life? Door? Which one? All right. I'm the, the bread of life, which also takes us back. Um, Back to the to the tabernacle, but even even further back for its foundation, um, because 
anytime we hear the food analogies, um, you've got to get back all the way to the garden, right? And that's the, the foundation we have. That's the start of the pattern as you see it repeated throughout the Bible. And here was an opportunity for, for food to be had. And what did we do? Well, we saw it was desirous in our own eyes, and we took it and we eat it instead of trusting God and knowing that um, he is the one that tells us, right? Because it's an, it is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So he's going to be the one that determines good and evil instead of us. Um, and so that, that carries on. It's, um, it is a continual theme of, of taking, seeing what's desirous and, and taking it for ourselves over and over again as you, you go through uh, Noah's story and Abraham's story, Isaac, um, all the way through Jacob and Joshua, and then the, the children of Israel, once again, uh, constantly in, in the wilderness are seeing their surroundings and saying, this is scary. We're out here in this, this desert, semi-arid area, and, and are we really going to be provided for? And yet, the bread is in their midst. The bread is on the ground every morning, right? It's there. The manna is there uh, until they get into the promised land. And even in the promised land, they're going to they're gonna forget, and they're going to forsake, and they're going to try to set up their own bread and their, their own way of satisfying themselves. And that's our, our evil, too. We, get, we wander to um, just, especially with, especially with the smartphones. Let me just get on the soapbox a little bit there. Um, <clears throat> because they're so easy, um, you know, they can, they can be a quick distraction, a quick, uh, is it endorphin rush, whichever chemical it is. Um, the, the doctors amongst us can, can better apply that. Um, so uh, they they provide this quick fix. Um, they can distract us for hours, um, and you know can be something that is uh, a replacement, you know, for what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be doing it. Instead of spending time with the Holy Spirit, we spend time with our phones, and can see that happen because we seek satisfaction away from God. We do. We it's part of our desires, part of our our. Not treasuring Christ, and so we need to take this and put it into its place. Um, and if you get the Desiring God um, weekly updates, this was one of the articles that, that John did this week was on this past week was on that on how do you wake up in the morning and order your steps so that you're not fulfilling the, uh, the desires of your own heart and you avoid the uh, the cell phone, not jump to it quickly. But it's a good article. All right, the door. Um, the most confusing, we think, of all of them. Um, and I just, I have become, in, in our study of the Old Testament, in, in Donnie's Bible study, I've become more and more convinced about um, how First how Corinthians 10 tells us, you know, these things are written so that you can avoid those evils that they fell into. And just to see how much mirroring there is between their lives and our lives and, and just how desperately we need um, this word, this living word to be in our midst so that we don't start worrying about the wilderness, 
so we don't become overwhelmed and you know God have to have to say all right you had you had an opportunity um, you had the way before you and you could have treasured that Messiah was coming and yet you didn't you chose to go your own way um, and now we have the Messiah um, what are we doing with that are we are we walking in that manner that's worthy of the gospel on a day in a day out basis you know are we are we seeing that that the opportunity we have in Christ over and over again in Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit as um, a daily treasure, a daily um, motivation and um, connection point that apart from Him we can have nothing else uh, and do anything else. So we, we must know that, that Christ is that door you know, Christ is the only way that we can can achieve and be in uh, God's presence, and and just the beauty of that both ways. You know, we we say it from our side, but to see it from His side, um, and just the the power of of what He did. We we went through um, number seven this past week. And it's right in the number seven, verses 22 through 27 is where we get the ironic blessing right there. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord uh, give you peace. I missed a word in there, but that's okay. Um, and then, and then it, at the very end, verse 27, he actually basically signs his name. And I, the Lord, you know, they, they will do this according to me. So we went through it this past week, and we, you know, we talked through it, and how God's face shining on us, just like the lamp in the, in the midst of the holy places, shining on the bread. You know, that is a countenance, the same word. But then we turned it around and said, well, did the Lord bless and keep Jesus on the cross? He didn't. Did he make his face shine upon him? He didn't. Did he give him peace while he was on the cross? He didn't. But why? So that that blessing could be true for us. So Christ took the counter, which in this word is a curse at that point, so that we could receive the blessing. Right, and that is that is the positioning that we have in Him because of what He has done for us, and it's it's just a a mind blowing, um, wonderful joy to have that that treasure to unlock when you when you feel that you're down when you feel that. Uh, sin is mastering you again, and, and you're just finding it ooze out of every crevice. Uh, so wait a minute. Christ was not blessed on the cross, but chose to be a blessing to me. You know, he did not let his, have his Father's face shine upon him so that his Father's face could shine upon me. He didn't have peace because... He knew I needed peace. 
And it was, it's rich. It's such a, a reward, you know, for us. All right. So, we get them all. Yes. Uh, numbers, it's the first time it's listed as Numbers chapter 7, verses 22 through 27. That was correct, right? You looked it up. You know I know. <laughs> it is. That's, that's where it's found. You're welcome. And I, I love the, the aspect of that because it's the Lord says to Moses to tell Aaron to use this blessing. Aaron didn't go ask, hey, God, how do I bless your people? Moses didn't even say, God, what's, what's the way to bless them? God wanted to bless his people. He chose to bless his people this way. And it's with himself, right? We get him, which is the ultimate blessing. All right. Think that covers us? Yes, Mr. Shane. Are you really? Thank you, Mr. Shane. You're the best. Uh-huh. That's great. And, and that, is, that is Matthew 28. Um, and that has been, uh, you heard it in my prayer, if you did, were paying attention, has been one of the most um, profound aspects of using the children of Israel because I'm in numbers right now and, and that's where it is in my brain, is you look at the positioning of the tribes and, you know, everyone highlights, okay, Judah was first. Why is Judah first? And you go back and read the stories and the blessings and how everything worked out. But one of the questions you don't necessarily ask is why is Reuben and Simeon still there? Because even in the midst of tribulation and trials of the wilderness, and, and Reuben's going to do it again. I mean, someone from his tribe is about to, to challenge Again, twice in, in, in the next few chapters. Over and over again. And yet God says, you have a place in my presence. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Right? And, and we see ourselves in that. So yeah, and he is going to be there even until the end of the earth. And so now we take that New Testament promise. Right? That, that Christ says that all authority has been given to him. And we're to go and make disciples. And, and teach and train everyone and baptize. And, and that he will be with us. That's, uh, that's a promise uh, that we can carry into a hospital room. Right? That's a promise that you can pray for um, people in the midst of hurt. What better thing can I offer you, remind you of, than he will be with you always? That's, that's, that's good. That's, that's something that uh, we need on a regular basis. I mean, it's, it's something good that I can remind my children. When they're, they're going out, whatever they're doing. Um, hey, look, you're going to have... Troubles and tribulations, they typically will look like brother and sisters. Um, they just will, and it will happen. But Jesus has promised to be with you, even in the midst of this one or that one, taking your favorite thing and destroying it sometimes or whatever it is. So even, even at their young ages, they need to hear that Jesus will be with them. So thank you, Mr. Shane.
All right, so that's all of our time. Oh, Cliff. Ah, did I miss the resurrection? I missed the resurrection. How did you let me do that? I'm the resurrection and the life, which is the, the fountain of that life, right? there. Here is, here's the reason why we have um, this life bubbling out of us, this life flowing out of us, is because of the resurrection. And is because, hey, in identifying and, and recognizing how much death is in us, we need to be raised. We are um, that dead. You know, it's not just a, a potentiality of death in us. It is an overwhelming, total death, right? Even in our facial expressions, death It's how dead we are. Um, and we need to be raised to new life, not just raised to new life. And we think about it as, uh, you know, a date on the calendar, AD 33, you know, right about, in the month of April, and there we get it someday where we, we you know, we celebrate um, Easter Sunday. But we need that resurrection life every day, right? Because as that grows in us, as we remind ourselves of that, we prepare for what? Ladies, for that day when we will have real life, Right? And we will get to see him face to face. And the marriage supper of the Lamb, as Miss Anna keeps reminding me, which is great. I read lips too, sorry. <laughs> no, but that, that's, that's where we're going, right? That's, that's our hope. That's where the promises will be completed. So if you're looking for a... And I've weaved this in and out. Just a, a reason to read the book of Numbers. There it is. The book of Numbers starts with the people who have left Egypt, had redemption accomplished in Egypt. And they're headed toward, or I'm sorry, yeah, redemption accomplished in Egypt. And they're headed toward the promised land where redemption will be completed. That received their promise. Sound familiar? We are a people living between redemption accomplished, the cross, and redemption completed in heaven. And we need to have that hope, that hope of seeing completion, that hope of uh, knowing that we will see him face to face as we've heard him, as we've felt him, as we've known his voice um, in our time here. But it's going to be much sweeter. And no eye has seen, nor ears heard, what he's prepared for us. Thank you, Mr. Cliff. Not let me forget that. Yes, ma'am. That is. Amen. So, I hope they're not recording in this, but uh, yes, shout out to Peter if they are. Okay, so Miss Anna reminded us that um, years ago, Peter taught 
in the in the Hebrews one passage, uh, it tells us that in, in, you know in the times past, um, God spoke to us um, it, through His prophets, um, and I'm trying to recall the passage right now. And now He has spoken to us in Christ, right? And Christ is the living Word, and we know that. And so Peter made the 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 analogy that Christ is God's language to us. He is, he is the jargon that, that God speaks, right? For our computer programmers, he's, you know, he's the ones and zeros of, of what God programs into us. So it is so sweet that we get to learn and follow the language of God. Well, let's pray and uh, just have a little time of fellowship, a couple minutes, and be gone. Father God, thank you so much, God, that your word overflows with richness. God, even, even in the midst of this, we can just draw our memories back um, to your word and see the perfection in it. God, to see how you um, are highlighting yourself and that we get you as we approach your word. We get to learn your language, God. We get to have of your life. God, we get to, to know your shepherding. God, we get to be connected and know that apart from you, we can do nothing. God, we treasure the resurrection. God, we treasure it as a, a present day, hope building, future highlighting truth for us. God, we pray that today we would walk in the way and in the truth and in the life. Be glorified. Bless our time together downstairs. May your church gathered rejoice with your church triumphant and you be highly glorified. In Christ's name we pray.